So, Lace, what have you been looking at on the stock market recently? <laughs> What's your... Could you be less enthusiastic? No, 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 I'm, I'm enthusiastic. Don't worry about that. I'm uh, I, I am very interested in Kogan recently. I think, Kogan uh, is up today, Today it has shot up. It has shot up today, and I think that there'll be more of that to come. On a, on a down day for the market, market's currently down 0.7%, which is not ideal, down 40 points. Okay, so Kogan. So what do you like about Kogan? I think it's uh, it's fallen hard, way too hard. I think there's um, I think it's a very innovative company. I think some some very smart people running it. I think it's they've correctly fallen. They've had problems with slowing down of um, particular segments, the global brand segments and things like that. And they also had the directors selling off shares, which I think is uh left a bad taste in many people's mouths but uh it's always a concern it's yeah always, so they, they sold flag. they sold out at around 640 i think and we're now at uh wow. just under three yes uh, she sprung back nicely today she's up 10 percent nine and a half percent to 298 so yeah it was it was oversold i think uh and i would predict that will go up 60% in the next 12 months. Okay. I think I think the fair value is much higher than that. I think assuming that they can reignite some growth in mm-hmm. in what they've been doing, but there's, you know, I would I would expect that some of the problems that they've been having are temporary with people avoiding GST and things like that. It's yeah, like, so what's happening with that? They've obviously brought it up. Has there been any response from the government or I haven't seen anything. I haven't mm-hmm. seen anything, so I'm not sure. Um, they're obviously angling for that. Of course, but you know, it's, it's the government's money. The government yeah. does its job. It should be responding to to these sorts of accusations. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I, I don't know what will happen there, but I, I suspect that there'll be some action at some point, and, mm. and it's probably a temporary headwind in that sense. I just think that they've got some very clever people there running the company who've shown that they can innovate, who can go across markets, who've got uh, quite a few different... Uh, opportunities in front of them they sure they've got relationships with other businesses mm-hmm. um, cross-marketing promotions they clearly understand the online space mm-hmm. so I'm really backing them I think uh, even though they've sold uh, shares uh, they're still majority shareholders found a led company I yeah, think there's a lot of motivation for them to turn it around absolutely and right now I think it trades at a very very reasonable price for the kind of company it is I think it's Mm-hmm. It's it's under twenty times earnings. I mm-hmm. think it's you know, and it's got a, a huge potential growth runway in front of it. So mm-hmm. I think the sentiment will turn on that. I think it'll it'll mm-hmm. be up closer to five dollars in the next twelve months. And uh, yeah, so I, I think it's I think it's got a uh, a great risk reward at the moment. Yeah, no, it's hard to see it going much lower. And. Uh interesting to see how they go because they're obviously leveraging their brand into other channels aren't they they've got the um what was the latest one they announced something to do with insurance super. or something super yeah super so okay creating a low-cost super fund uh i don't know about that kind of thing i mean that that doesn't seem like it it's not really a core business no is it? that's that... that's one thing you've got to worry but i mean I, I think that they're probably able to take these risks without spending too much money it's not like they're doing it through an acquisition they're just starting these things up from scratch so it, it, exactly they're effectively white labeling another solution so yeah. they've, they've got a partner who wants to yeah. be involved and all they're doing is using their marketing channels to put this in front of people Correct. so yeah. it's low risk in a lot of ways yeah. i do think you, you can spread yourself too thin with what you're trying to achieve so that is a risk for them but yeah but like I say, I think they're they're probably not investing too many resources in yeah in that. Well, that's the thing, as you say. You know, you you don't want to see them making acquisitions in areas that they're not. Um, you know, that's not their core business. But when they're just actually going across and just starting things or just white labeling, as you say, then yeah, why not give it a go? Yeah. So uh, they yeah. seem to be having some success with like the mobile versions and things like that. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, the thing is, as well with their share price, is that they're depressed because the whole retail sector has been, you know, sold off very, very sharply. Uh, so there's a lot of concern around the housing market and what effects that's going to have on the consumer. And so it, it is definitely a, 
uh, you could argue at least the sector that's oversold and uh, and Kogan's definitely one of the the leaders in that probably has you know the best growth runway of any of the stocks in that sector so sounds good yeah well, I think it's particularly oversold being the type of business that it is as, mm. as in an e-commerce business I think it's, yeah. it's always strengthening it's um, you know it's systems, it's logistics yeah. and things like that. And it's going to get an ongoing benefit into the future from those, those investments. So I think that mm. puts it in a good place relative to bricks and mortar retailers mm. and so forth. Obviously the other thing is Amazon is a, a big, you know, has been a concern for, for mm. people in the market and how that's going to affect them. I think there's space enough for, you know, <laughs> for a few of them. I, I don't think it's, it's hard to know be... what Amazon's doing here. I mean, they sort of, they've, they've definitely, done it on a, a soft start haven't they a soft launch yeah they're, they're inching their way in i guess but yeah. um you know they'll have an impact no doubt they have to but, um, i had a look um when did i have a look probably about a month ago and you know i was looking at health food products health food branded products you know it's obviously a sector that i know when i looked at it when they first uh set up and there's a lot more products on there than there was when they first set up but at the same time there's still there's there's a lot that isn't there, you know, a lot of obvious brands that aren't represented there yet. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I guess the big thing is them potentially coming in and just running at a huge loss for several years is is you know is the risk that everyone. <laughs> That's not good you know, for anybody's business. Yeah, exactly. But uh, well, yeah, we'll see what happens. But All right. anyway, Kogan, Kogan, yeah. prediction: sixty percent increase in twelve months. Yeah, you've heard it. You've heard it here. It's a big call. All right, <laughs> well, that's what we like. So, so what's your next big call? Well, can let's, we get? Let's can talk... we get a another fearless prediction from you? Reciprocate. Uh, well, you know, just again, just to keep it consistent, I suppose, in talking about the retail space, I've been uh, as uh, I've had a bit of a look at the retail space. I mean, it's funny with Kogan, you know, you say retail, e-commerce, you know, but. As it's far as, as far as the stock market classifications go, they are classified as a retailer. Yeah. Um, so in looking at those, uh, I've identified a few stocks that I think are looking pretty cheap. One of them is Adairs. Yep. Uh, Adairs sales are forecast to continue growing, albeit not as fast as they were. And they are looking really cheap. To me, they've come back a long way. Uh, from a technical from a technical perspective, I would be plunging in if they dropped it down to a dollar forty. Adairs. So yeah, so looking at a lot of the retail stocks that I follow, Adairs uh, looks probably the best value because. It's trading, I think, on a price-earnings ratio now of under 10. As I say, earnings are expected to grow in the next 12 months. Um, so I think they've been oversold. I, again, I think it's just that the retailer in Australia at the moment has just been sold off because they're concerned about falling property prices and the effect that's going to have on the consumer. And I think that you know there's definitely uh, good reason to be concerned about those things, but I do think they've been oversold. So uh, my pick in that area is Adairs. Another stock that I also, I wouldn't say I like it, but I think that it's probably prime for a bounce is the Reject Shop. Yeah. Uh, it's also fallen. However, it's not forecast to grow its sales. In fact, its sales are probably going to be... Um, quite disappointing but having said that they have fallen so far to a valuation now that even if their sales were to halve i still think they are cheap and their sales will not halve so and there's actually potential for them to uh, surprise on the upside if they have a good christmas period so uh, i don't like them as much as adairs uh, both stocks have bounced a bit since uh, i started looking at them so i actually bought some reject shop and when they dip down to just over two dollars, they're about two thirty now. But I still think they can go a lot higher. Adairs, they're around a dollar seventy five or something at the moment. As I said, I love them at a dollar forty, but you could probably still buy them around here, um, and you know see them travel well over two dollars when things settle down, if. 
things settle down. So what's your time frame in looking at those stocks? Um, well, both of them are on the move now. So I think that, you know, you wouldn't have to wait too long. You know, I'm always looking for a catalyst for these things to happen. And to me, the markets uh, have been obviously weak last week, and yet the reject shop and Adairs both rose. So um, there's underlying strength there. There's somebody accumulating stock. There's been a hell of a lot of people selling that stock. And you can just feel now that there's been a shift and now that the bias is more towards buying rather than selling. So um, so I think, you know, you could see it happen quite quick. I mean, again, any sort of update that, you know, Christmas is better than expected is going to send those stocks really rocketing. Um, but if they get through Christmas with an okay time, that'd probably still be good enough for people to um, to consider them because they are oversold on a valuation basis. So you're looking at three to six months, something like that? Three to six months, yeah, yeah. yeah. But look, you know, I'm an active investor, trader. Uh, If they they bounce quickly, I'd be out. I mean, I don't own a dares, and I probably don't want to buy them at this point. I think they're probably more of a hold at this price. Uh, As I said, I'd like to see them, you know, at least under a dollar sixty. That's where I'd probably want to buy. Because uh, I looked at both of them and I chose the reject shop at the time. I, or I didn't want to buy both. I chose the reject shop and obviously that's worked out well so far. Um, but the reject shop, I don't know, if it gets to probably say three bucks, I'd probably jump out. And if it happened you know, quickly, then so be it. I'd be out and onto something else. I don't like the company. I don't like the business. But sometimes things just become way too cheap yeah so you're definitely thinking a short term it's a short yeah. term it's not one to buy and hold Adairs, i don't know much about the business i went in the shop the other night it was busy but they were offering 40 percent off i don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign uh definitely was working there was plenty of people in there looking around at the products it looks good as far as the business goes they're vertically integrated so they you know they manufacture they operate on very high margins it's what you've got to do these days if you want to be you know based in um Westfield shopping centres. Mm. So, you know, they tick a lot of the boxes, but, you know, I'm no expert in sheets and linen and things like yeah, that. Yeah. So, um, again, it wouldn't be a stock that I'd fall in love with. Sure. Yeah, Whereas Kogan, sense. you can see Kogan obviously, you know, could have a very long runway in front of it. So that's a stock where you could say, well, yeah, you know, put some in your portfolio now and, you know, accumulate if they drop further on any weakness, you know, with a longer term view to hold, you know, and... Uh, I, that's definitely not the case with the reject shop, and as I said, I don't have a strong opinion on Adairs. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So uh, that's that's the retail. That's what I've found in the retail sector. And, you know, stocks like Harvey Norman. You know, Harvey Norman's just been a dog of a stock. You know, it's a stock that I it was in the first three stocks that I ever bought, which is now twenty years ago. And its share price is less than what it was when I bought it then. Yeah. You know, so. Um, its sales are forecast to drop. I, I just think it's the less innovative stock in that sector. You know, JB Hi-Fi, far more innovative stock. It's still growing its sales. But again, it's a much, much bigger stock than it used to be, JB Hi-Fi. So it's pretty saturated now. Well, I was just about to bring up JB Hi-Fi. Yeah. Because I came across my radar last week when one of the brokers recommended it at a mm. conference. And it's, it's sort of been out of favour for a long time. Mm. Do, do you, what do you think about it? Look... I think, I think it used to be a great stock. It's a stock that I owned and did well on a long time ago. And unfortunately, the management that was in charge at that time are no longer the management of the company. So I don't know much about the, the new guys that are in there. Obviously, the new guys are the ones that have overseen the takeover of the good guys. Um, and that's, you know, you, when, you, when you read a JB Hi-Fi financial report what, and you see what their plans are, they really have saturated in Australia now. So their their main growth is to try and convert a lot of their shops into bigger footprint shops, or they're trying to convert them into more home based, um, you know, shops with fridges and these sorts of appliances. So, uh, which could work, you know, which is you know, it's not a bad idea. Um, but they seem like they're pretty content to be an Australian New Zealand based company, and uh, I think you know, I think. It really comes down to what you believe they can achieve with this entering into the appliance market and if there is a lot of scope for them to upgrade a lot of their shops into that and if that's, you know, potentially a more profitable um, area for them to operate in. If you think that's good, then there could be a few years of uh, a growth again, you know, to kick in. Um, 
So, you know, for me, they wouldn't be a sell, they wouldn't be a buy, they'd probably be a hold, but again, it's not a stock that I've looked super close at in recent times. Mm. What about you, mate? Well, the thing that made it interesting for me looking at their their data was that they haven't really disappointed. They, it, Looking at their share price, you'd expect that they've missed earnings quite heavily or that they've stopped growing. They've mm. continued growing over the last few years, sure. despite all the headwinds and potential issues that have come along. So it seems to me that they've been downgraded on sentiment mm, mm-hmm. well again it's, that retail sector has you know, it's the retail all, sector it's the amazon really sort hit. of effect i think true um yeah. which makes it interesting to me they're trading at a, something like 10 to 11 times earnings which mm. is cheap for a company that's still growing mm. uh, assuming that they can continue the growth mm. uh, like you say they are somewhat saturated in a lot of ways but mm. uh potentially in new zealand i think that's quite a small part of their business mm. that could be a growth area for mm. them <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I was in Auckland a few years ago, and I I think I counted about four or five JB Hi-Fi's shops in Auckland. Is that just, right? Just okay. in Auckland. Like, yeah, right. uh, I mean, I don't know about the rest of New Zealand, but if Auckland's anything to go by, yeah. um, they can't open any more shops, let's put it that way. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I must admit, I haven't looked too closely into that. I think yeah. just looking at the numbers, it was certainly a smaller sure. part of the pie, but... Um, I guess I was impressed with the fact that they have continued to grow, like yeah. despite the you know the sentiment and the what's being said about them and the, the potential challenges they're facing, they've obviously executed well enough to continue a of growth course. trajectory. So of I think that's pretty have. impressive. Uh, like I say, there was a there was a guy um, sort of spruiking them the other day at this investing mm-hmm. conference, and mm. that was that was sort of noticeable um, yeah. for the notable for the fact that nobody's really gotten on board them. You know, the last couple of years, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, about twenty percent of their shares are shorted. Okay, it's the most shorted share on the whole market. Wow. Yeah, okay, I didn't know that. So I've been burnt by this before, so I'm very skeptical of backing a share that's being hev- that heavily shorted. Yes. Um, because I think that's that's keeping a downward pressure on the price. But yes, if that were to start shifting, then I think Correct. that might be something that you'd 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 want to look at and potentially ride that. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't know that about them. That's an interesting one. Shorting is a very interesting phenomenon because obviously these shorters are professional traders. These guys don't muck around. So yeah. that's that's one thing to keep in mind. It doesn't mean they don't get it wrong. Mm. And the thing is when they do get it wrong, then it really does um, cause a share to pop. You know, if they come out with uh, better than expected uh, results that these shorters weren't expecting then they're holding stock now that they really need to buy back. And so that can add to what it, you know, a natural demand for the stock as well. So uh, that definitely makes it an interesting one. You know? And they're a great brand. You, know, yeah, you go into a JB thing. Hi-Fi store, there's always a vibe. You, know, you go into Harvey Norman's store, you know, forget it. There's nothing doing. So um, there's, there's a lot, you know, as I said, they're, they're a great company years ago and they've just, um, they've just become big. That's the biggest yeah. the only concern that I would have with them is that they've just... Where's the growth going to come from? Now? Yeah, and I agree. But I think the thing for me is that at that price, they don't really have to grow. No. You know, they've only got to have marginal growth to, right. to justify something that's 10 or 11 times earnings. And yeah, of course. It's, it's really more about whether you think they're going to collapse, whether yeah. they're going to go off a well, cliff with, yeah. the, with you know, the e-commerce players and things like that. But yeah, yeah. my view on that is that they're actually doing pretty well in the e-commerce stuff themselves. You know, yeah. I, I went and bought a computer a couple of months ago off... off online and yeah. and it was i bought it from jb hi-fi okay okay um i didn't have any intention of buying it from them but yeah, that's, you wanted to buy it from kogan I'm well sure. <laughs> at the time i didn't the, the share price was ten dollars then oh, okay fair <laughs> enough it was uh that would have been a good short at that point that's yeah, for sure absolutely wow but um yeah but I, I always look at things like that because i going in there without any um any plan, I ended up in the JB Hi-Fi funnel and, yeah. and bought from them. So yeah. I always think that's a good, you know, useful indicator of absolutely. Of customer acquisition I mean, that's one like of the that. great things about retailers when it comes to investing is you can go into their stores, you can go into you know find half a dozen and go in there and actually feel. And it's one of the only stores that really does feel like it's it's still doing well. Yeah. You know, when you go to a JB Hi-Fi store, it's yeah. as you say, it's usually quite busy. It's got yeah. a good vibe. Yeah. Yeah, they're always uh, and, doing something. And the brand is positive. It doesn't have a brand like Harvey Norman that doesn't resonate with, with yeah, younger exactly. people and things like that. Yeah, no, I agree. So I agree. And, and, and interestingly, when I was looking at the retail sector, um, I feel like JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman were on similar valuations. So 
for the sophisticated investor, if you have a view on Harvey Norman and JB Hi-Fi, one potential way to play it would be to buy JB Hi-Fi and short Harvey Norman. I think, you know, if we're sitting here five years from now, I reckon you'd probably do pretty good with that strategy. I agree, yep. yeah. So, I found another little stock, never heard of it until only recently, it's called Temple and Webster. You heard of them? No, don't know them. They're another um, e-commerce business listed on the stock market and they apparently operate in the like household so maybe a bit like uh like a nick scarly and okay. i don't know if it's furniture yeah. i don't know if it's furnishings or i don't know if it's appliances but um they seem to be doing pretty well the shares uh in nice trend and um you know they're one that's trading well above probably intrinsic value but uh obviously sentiment's strong with them probably not a lot of shares on the market either to buy so uh, but looking at their forecast, they look like they're, they're growing pretty quick. Yeah. So it's another one to look at, but uh, too expensive for me. Yeah, okay. At mm. this stage, without knowing much about them. So tell me about Afterpay. You're a big fan of Afterpay. <laughs> I've looked at it. I haven't looked at it in great depth, but every time I look at it, I, I kind of can't see what other people can see. So what can you see that I can't? Afterpay is a stock that I was very skeptical about. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time to come around to it, but I did, I did get involved when it was around six dollars, and mm-hmm. have have ridden it since, and it's it's been a good result so far. It's obviously Absolutely. gone up a long way and then come back. Yep. Um, I think the price that it trades at now is is a fair price given the the type of company that it is. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that I like about it is that. I think it's already won a lot of the battles that it had to win. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of the hard work is done and that's not necessarily... Well, it's priced fairly, I think, given mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So it's... The big challenge for a company like Afterpay is, is to acquire users and mm. to get some kind of footprint in these stores. Sure. It's already got a huge footprint in Australia now. It's got a great user base, something like a tenth of mm. of uh, the population, I think it is. Wow. Like, it's, it's a huge number of accounts. Um, 99% of the millennial population. Well, that's the thing. It, it's got a huge group um, in a growing, um, mm. in, in the younger generation mm. uh, who, who are turning away from, from credit and mm. going towards other solutions. I think pe- people love it. This is the thing. I, it's mm. very much a sentiment play for me in a lot of ways because mm. I, I like the way that it's been branded. I mm-hmm. think it's, it's, it's some of the best branding that I've seen. And I think the mm-hmm. fact that it's become its own verb Tells mm. you a lot. Yep. Uh, I think the the cross promotion that it has is is wonderful. It's you know every company that signs up to Afterpay just about is you know is making a big deal of the fact that they've now got it on board. They're getting all this. Yeah, know. I mean the thing that I see with Afterpay is it is it's like they they are the gatekeeper to the millennials. So if you're a business and you want access to the millennials, that's a good place to start. It's the first place to start, really. You know, get Afterpay. Tell the world that you've got afterpay. They'll see it, then they'll come. That's why, you know, I think it is a great idea from that point of view that, you know, they have really captured a part of the market that's very hard to capture in retail, especially in traditional retail. So I get that part of it. I just don't get the, how do they monetize it? Well, I think the monetization is is great as well because... They okay. They have late fees, but mm-hmm. late fees are relatively small, and they're a flat fee. They're not an interest-based payment, so people mm-hmm. aren't getting into a huge hole if you're using Afterpay. Okay. So I don't think the regulatory uh, concerns are justified, and I don't think that they're going to get yeah. you know, stamped out or, or really have to rein in their behaviour too much. What they they're getting a, a clip on on payments from the retailers. Yeah. And the fact that all these retailers have already signed up tells me that. They're, you know, retailers don't deprecate a payment method once they get it unless yeah. something goes badly wrong or yeah. they're really losing out badly on the, on the cost. They're obviously not. So, no, of course. So and retailers are used to it. You know, you get Amex, you get diners, you get all these, you pay. You obviously pay a lot more than you pay if you've just got normal Visa MasterCard. So exactly. And yeah. so, so Afterpay is, you know, it, it's breaking into that market and competing mm. alongside these cards and... It's, it's building a subset of data as well that is taken to new retailers and saying, hey, people are spending with us. They're spending, on average, X percentage more than they would otherwise spend. Correct, yeah. Um, you know, we take this clip off your, off your payments. It's all done for you. It's all, it's all very you know, mm-hmm. quick, transparent, easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got X number of users. Mm-hmm. 
uh, who've already shown that they're you know, they're using this for repeat purchases and so forth. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a it's not a hard sell. I don't think now. It's not a hard and, sell. But but this is why I think this is what's so important is that's a hard sell when you when you're trying to break into the market. Yeah, of course. But once you've got a foothold, no, then I I only see it expanding from here. Yeah, of course. And every every bit of that revenue is recurring. That's mm. the thing. Like, if you if once you get somebody a customer acquired on both on the retail front and on the consumer front, they're they're effectively they're not locked in, but they're you know they're likely to continue using your service. Sure. So if you've got the option of using Afterpay, why would you not use it when all you have to do is, you know, is just putting your details at the transaction the same way that you would for anything else? It's you know, it's an easy option for people, mm-hmm. uh, and you know they get the extra time with the money in their pocket. The mm-hmm. retailers are effectively covering that. Yeah. So I, so I really like the model. I think the model is is already proven I think mm-hmm. the hard work's already done that's why I'm I think it's it's really just a waiting game for mm-hmm. this to, mm-hmm. to continue to accelerate it's obviously highly valued but I, I think that it's justified so with the regulatory announcement what impact did that have on the share price did it's that definitely t- been depressing the share price I think by a lot I think it's holding it down okay absolutely okay so from, well, a, short, price- from a short term perspective there's opportunity then for that to you know if that's removed then to obviously see the share price i think it breaks out after that yeah yeah i think uh and do we have any look, timeline on when they're going to look into this i, I, d- I don't know yeah okay. i haven't got that that information but i, I think that uh, the other thing is obviously there's there's two big themes for them there's that and then there's the success in other markets they, they need to translate that into the u.s they've they've made an acquisition in the uk as well mm-hmm. uh if they can you know, have success in those markets and obviously the, the share price is going to follow. Mm-hmm. So th- those are the two things. So on the on the success in other markets, every indication has been pretty good so far. They've, okay. they've been you know, onboarding new retailers in the US uh, uh-huh. very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't got as much information about what they're doing in the UK, but uh, at the moment anyway, okay. it sounds promising. Yeah, it sounds good. Um, it'll, it'll, but, but yeah, so there's that side of it and then there's the regulatory side. It all makes I, sense. I think the regulatory side will not end up being as big of a problem as, as people might think. But the other thing is that, is that I don't think it matters so much because they've, they've already got the people that they need yeah. to, to transact. Yeah. So it, it, it's likely that the regulatory side is going to affect new new customers that they bring on board with credit gotcha. credit checks and things like that i would guess yeah yeah which might slow that process down but i think the fact that they've already got a strong user base is is really really positive for them so their market capitalization i believe is around three billion dollars yeah there's a lot of success priced in yeah but but if you if you if you're going to question it then you have to you have to say where it's going to fail Mm. I think you've got to you've got to be able to come up with a narrative against where what stops it continuing to expand its footprint, mm-hmm. what stops people using the service, mm-hmm. transacting with it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see what stops it at the moment. That's no. the thing for me. Yeah. For so sure. so I I agree that it's it's very highly valued, but mm. why can it not be? Why can it not have the success of uh, of Mastercard or mm. of, or of other payment methods or PayPal? Mm-hmm. Um, PayPal's a much 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 bigger company by market cap. Of course. Um, and obviously has some other strings to its bow, but. Mm. You know, you can make a case that it's an early generation PayPal. Mm. If you take that view, then it's it looks like a reasonable price to be paying to get on board. Mm. If you take the view that it's not going to expand too much from here and that it's going to be other competitors, you know, rolling into that market, then then you know, mm. maybe it looks expensive. Fair enough. I think the best argument against it would be that it's probably not a, a strong moat in the sense of what it actually does. Yeah. The actual service is not is not difficult to replicate. Yeah. Especially for an existing payment. I guess one of its strongest moats is the fact, as you said, that you know, afterpay has become a verb. You know, it, it is really synonymous now with that method of payment. So Exactly. At least in this country, from what we can see. I, I can't you know, I haven't looked at it that closely, but I don't know if that's becoming the case in these bigger markets that they're trying to enter as well. Yeah. But that's that's powerful. I, I agree, I think that's really powerful. I think once you get that that position it's not easily relinquished so mm. so i think it either continues to expand i think there's you know there could be a chance of one of the other companies trying to 
trying to take it over? You'd imagine, yeah. Just not when they're $3 billion valuation. If they drop, that would be one of the things that would probably protect the valuation or protect your investment is that, you know, they would definitely become, from what I gather, a, a pretty strong takeover target. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's got... Uh, it, the other things, obviously, in its favour are the... You know, the low overheads of the business model it's it's a very oh, of course, it's a yeah. very simple recurring revenue stream that that potentially yeah. can be expanded so i i could see them going into other markets i could see them um you know infiltrating other payment methods and things like that potentially having other mm-hmm. other strings to the bow once they've got these customers on board okay an interesting stock yeah no doubt yeah just, I mean, obviously it was a more interesting stock when the NASDAQ didn't start to tip over. And now that the NASDAQ mm. is shaking, there's obviously concerns around valuations of certain stocks there, which then obviously translates to looking at stocks on our market that have these higher valuations. Well, I think that's a good point. I think that's definitely affected a lot of these stocks, like the... the yeah, well, after the, They call them the wax stocks here, I guess, with... Um, it's uh, The wax stocks? Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know who is it? term. Uh, Wisetech, Altium, Appen, Afterpay, Zero. Oh, okay. So that's to compete with the fangs. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And the they're um, very good. Yeah, but all great companies, in my opinion. Uh, very, very, um, you know, highly valued. But as we were talking about the other day, there's you know you can really mm-hmm. get into the finer details there. They're not they're not all the same. There, there's a big difference between the valuation of an Appen and a yeah and a Wisetech, for example. Yeah, there is. I was again. I was having a look at that sector, just uh, out of curiosity to see what sort of valuations these stocks were trading on, and I was surprised to come across a few that were actually reasonably priced that I'd heard about. Don't know much about, um, but do you know anything about Hanson Technologies? No, I don't know much about it. Either. Okay, so all I know about Hanson, I believe, is they make printed circuit boards. Okay. And, uh, and and again, they were one of these high flying stocks. They were very, um, you know, they were trading on a high multiple. But they've come back a long way. And from what I can gather, nothing's really gone too wrong. But I could be wrong about that. There might be something that I've missed. Um, but valuation wise, particularly based on you know forecast growth numbers, you know they look really quite compelling. So it'll definitely be a stock that I'll go back and and do some more work on. Uh, and Appen, you know, obviously, out of all those really high-flying stocks, looks the cheapest yep. on a valuation measure. I mean, they've obviously popped again recently, so uh, not quite as good as they were looking, but um, they don't look ridiculous. But then there's other stock. There's a stock, um, I think I mentioned it to you last time, called Citadel? Citadel? Yeah, Citadel, yep. Yeah, so, again, they're... They just keep going up and up. Yep. In this market, they're $9 now, I think. And, yeah. uh, so you wouldn't think, if you looked at their, sh- their share price and their price chart, you wouldn't think anything was wrong anywhere in the world. Yeah, well, they are on a reasonable valuation still. I, I yeah. Think it's getting up I now. I think they're about 30 times it, or something it, like that. It, exactly. Um, so, so, so the growth know. that they've had recently, you know, they've been going from, from that 20 to 30 effectively, yeah. getting up towards that higher end. But, yeah, yeah. But they, haven't, they weren't starting there like some of these other stocks. No, and again, a highly a liquid stock. So, you, you know, if anybody wanted to add it to their portfolio in terms of being a fund manager or anything like that, then the share price has to go up, you know, because there's just yeah. no shares to buy. If you yeah. buy them on the market, then it's going to push it higher. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's what's been happening as well, that, you know, there might be some substantial holder notices soon if somebody's taken a big position. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, there's, yeah. There's, there's some interesting ones in there that aren't on crazy valuations that are on these sort of 2019 forecast valuations of around 30 times, but then there are some in there like Afterpay, that mm. are on much, much higher valuations. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, I've, um, you know, the case for Afterpay, I think, is strong. I, I also own Zero. I think it's got similarly a good case. Yeah, um, Zero is I a great I also owned Altium. I just actually sold Altium today. Okay. Uh, I think that it's gotten... It's, Ahead of itself? It's, or? well, I mean, I guess you could say it's, it's relatively gone sideways in, okay. in recent times it got up to 30 and it's come back down yeah um but it's been a bit of a holding pattern but it is highly valued mm-hmm. um and, and pricing in a lot of growth mm-hmm. what do they uh, do 
Well, they're printed circuit boards as well, so I, oh. I, I suspect that their success is probably. Uh, Look, I might down be getting Hansen's. them confused with Hanson. <laughs> Hanson might do something else. Okay, I don't know. Right. I I heard printed circuit boards. I thought that was Hanson. Right. Okay. So. Altium definitely do printed circuit boards. They seem to be okay. doing very well in that battle. Okay. Um, They've got uh, software as well that engineers use, and, and okay. so they've got recurring streams of revenue from that. Yeah. Um, so they they've got a great tailwind. Okay. I, I think that that's the big, the big play there. Um, I just think. I just think that it's it's slightly overpriced for for what it needs to be at the moment. Okay. Interesting. So but you, if so you're looking at five years, if, yeah. if you if your timeline's five years and and you're willing to you know ride the dips, you're probably still going to do well out of that company. I think. Right. So obviously now you're cashed up. So what 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 are you looking to buy? Good question. I don't know. I I've I've been buying a lot of Chinese stocks recently, actually. Okay. So stepping okay. outside the ASX, but yes. But that that has been where I've been spending money. So. Yeah, well, I think there's a there's there's a good case for that. Tell us about it. Uh, well, I think they've been beaten down quite heavily on the on the trade concerns. I, I don't think that they'll be a lot of those stocks are are essentially internal companies. I don't see that they'll be hugely affected by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think it'll be resolved. And I think once it's resolved, I think they're going to get a, a a strong boost. So mm-hmm. okay, I think you know the. You don't need to, to gamble on small companies. You know, companies like Alibaba are, are mm. a long way from their highs. Right. Um, Baidu, uh, JD, mm-hmm. they're all they're all a long way down and, mm-hmm. and trading at pretty reasonable valuations. One I like is is Baidu, which is the search engine, the okay, the, yep. the Google equivalent, mm-hmm. but it's trading, I think, just under twenty times earnings for a company that's. Mm. that's been been growing that's going into lots of different areas has great technology yeah right so i think those companies you know looking at a long-term horizon i'm parking some money there and seeing if they cool if they can catch a tailwind yeah no that sounds really interesting i um i also had been looking at i mean i i don't invest in overseas stocks um i mainly do that through my super fund i guess by just investing that into a fund that invests in overseas stocks and I kind of figure that's how I diversify. Yeah. Um, but I have been looking at, there's a listed investment company on the ASX and it's, I don't know what it's called, but it's code is PIA, might be Platinum, Platinum Investments, something like that, Asia. Yeah. Sounds familiar, Platinum Investments Asia. And um, for that reason, just thinking, you know, China's been well and truly oversold. And it also looks like the Chinese government have been entering the market as well to prop it up. So um, that doesn't hurt either. So, But I didn't buy any. I think they were about a dollar and six or a dollar eight cents when I was looking at them. I think they've popped back up to about a dollar eighteen or sixteen now. So, but you know, if that's that's nothing compared to the potential that that fund has if, mm. if things turn around. So. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I think there's a there's definitely a case for it, and mm. you know, there's there's some risk around there, but the valuation that you can get is is pretty reasonable for some of these companies that that uh, you know are going to be very influential around the world. I think not just in China. Definitely more exciting than say investing in the big banks at the moment. <laughs> you know that have obviously come back. A long way, and that are looking very cheap on a valuation basis. But even still, if things turn around, and you know, what are you hoping to get? You know, you're going to make twenty percent, thirty percent, twelve months. Like you're not going to. It's not. I mean, you know, you wouldn't say no if you could guarantee it. But um, but they're not uh, exciting. But but they're looking cheap. Yeah, if you're going to get a reversion of. You know, twenty percent plus your dividend, then you're going to be happy with that. That's going to yeah. be a very good outcome. But yeah, yeah. You, you know, you want to be confident in that, that yeah. turnaround. Yeah, I feel like they'll bounce. I feel like, I feel like the long term trend could be down. Well, the medium term trend could probably continue to be down for them, but I do think that they're in a short term oversold um, situation. Just looking at some of the valuations now, and particularly looking at measures like. Um, uh, price to book value they're some of them stock like uh, Westpac is trading on a lower price to book ratio than it has in the last 10 years and um, another stock 
it's not an Australian bank, but is uh, Clydesdale Bank. Mm-hmm. They look really cheap as yeah. well. Uh, I mean, obviously, I guess it depends on your views around the Brexit and things like that. Yeah. Um, but that's this is what causes you, op- you know, these opportunities. There is a situation that does cause fear and does cause uncertainty, and therefore the share prices get sold down. Mm. But often the reality is never as bad as the fear kind of uh, indicates. So probably even if Brexit, you know, if they do stumble with that, it's probably still a cheap stock at this price, you know. Yeah. Looking at, um, you know, the trading on price earnings ratios of under 10. Uh, and also, again, earnings are forecast to grow for Clydesdale. And also on a, um, on a measure of price to book again, they are really cheap. So what that tells me is that they're not efficiently run tells me that they probably have room to cut costs and that's probably where some of this growth in income is probably going to come from going forward but uh, definitely on that measure they're the cheapest bank on on the ASX at the moment so Mm. you know probably you know if you pick two and you probably bought Westpac and Clydesdale I think they'd be the they're the standouts for me at the moment anyway but I mean you could pick any of them because they've all Mm. gone down in unison and there's not that much to choose between them in terms of you know many different valuation measures, so whether I will, I probably won't. Yeah. But uh, but if they dropped more, you know, if they came back another ten percent, that'd probably be pretty compelling. Which is what you can get sometimes. You know, you get these the markets down today. It looks like it's probably going to retest the lows that it created when it initially dropped. And it probably, you know, there's a chance it'll overshoot that and there could be, could be, you know, some reason around that that could get people, you know, fearful and all of a sudden you see these banks get dumped another 5 6%, then they could fall into an area where it's, it's you know, you've got to take some. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they definitely look interesting. It's, you know, it, it's hard to say what, like you say, the, the medium term mm. might, be a, might be a challenging period, I guess. Yeah. I think so. With what happens with house prices and so forth. It, yeah. It doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon or, or if anything, that's going to get worse. Yeah. And also the media is whipping that story up pretty strongly as well. So that's yeah. going to feed on itself for a while to come as well, I think. But, you know, these things can change fast. But, yeah, the sentiment around the property market is, is not good at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, as you say, long time view, you're probably gonna do do reasonably well out of those given the valuations and yeah, you know, unless I, you see some major disruption to that sector. And that's something that I, I, it is harder to see the future for those companies now because they are gonna look quite different. You know, a lot of them are divesting assets, they're divesting, um, you know, their insurance arms or they're inve- divesting their um, funds management arms. So then, what do they look like after that? Mm. You know, and then how do you value that? And uh, so that's that's the part that that's that's again another area of uncertainty. Like I think all the bad news is out now from the Royal Commission. The final report comes out February next. I don't think there's going to be anything in there um, that's going to surprise us. So I think all that's a known known. It's just uh, for me, I've just I I can't get my head around what they're going to actually look like once they finish yeah. divesting. And, and as you say, then there's disruption as well. You know, there's that threat as well. So. And then you've got a sagging property market. So there's a lot going against them, and that's why they're trading now at 10-year lows pretty much. But, um, you know, probably if they dive down another 5 to 10%, it'd be pretty hard not to take a position in one or two of them. Mm, yeah. I think. Any others that are interesting you? Um, what else have I looked at? Not especially. I, I like iron. I've spoken about iron before. Mm, yeah. Iron continues to go up. You know, so the trend is your friend, and iron rising is um, is continuing. You like Fortescue, right? I like Fortescue, and I like um, what do I like? Starts with M. MGX. Who are they called again? It'll come to me. But anyway, yeah, I like those two stocks. Fortescue. You know, it's uh, it is a bit of a. It continues to be a split between their price and the actual price of the underlying commodity. There's some good reasons for that, but I, I, again, I think that's overdone. So I think sentiment could change against Fortescue. You know, one of the things about Fortescue is for years and years and years, people were buying Telstra 
for the dividend. You know, so treat it like a utility, just get the dividend. And the dividend was good for many years. You know, unfortunately, the share price continued to go down. But Fortescue is a bit like that as well. You know, we never really looked at a, a resource stock in that way. But Fortescue is a stock that pays a very high dividend now and it's forecast to continue doing so. And so it's a pretty compelling, you know, for, especially for a self-managed super fund, things like that, you know, 5% fully frank dividend. Um, it's a pretty stable stock and the underlying commodity continues to rise in a market where commodities are falling. So um, I, like, I like Fortescue, I like the iron space. And Mount Gibson, that's the stock I was trying to think of. Yeah. Mount Gibson Iron, a, a slightly different type of stock, much, much smaller than Fortescue, but much, much higher grades of iron um, that they have. And they've got a new resource that they're developing that's, I think, going to come in production either the end of this year, start of next year. So um, interesting little stock. So it's, uh, it's, it's gone up a little bit as it has tracked the, um, has tracked the iron price rise. Uh, it paused though, and I, and I expected it to pause around 60 cents, uh, and, and so now they're about 58 and a half, I think, today, and I think that, you know, they'll probably sit around there for a little while, but I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, particularly if this iron price continues to rise, or even if it just stays up where it is, I think that uh, Mount Gibson will, um, you know, because it's, it's gone up a lot, so there's, there'll be people cashing in, taking some profits off the table. Once it digests that, I think it'll probably pop pretty hard through 60 cents and then the next level will probably be, you know, up around 65, uh, not 65, 75, something like that. So an interesting little stock mm. that I hold. So for all the, just a disclaimer there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, uh, iron looks good. The rest of the... Are we going to do the whole, this is a... Uh... This yeah, is not yeah, financial yeah, advice. This is not financial advice. <laughs> this is just generally nature. Um, you know, d- definitely talk to your financial advisor before uh, making any investment decisions based on anything you hear us say today. Yeah, yeah. but uh, no, that's 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 the standout. I also own shares in Linus. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, Linus is a funny old stock. So it's in Malaysia and it's been beaten down because of. A change of government there and you know people want to shut the mine down and this and that but it looks like sanity's prevailed and Linus has bounced back up and I think in the last um, I don't know 30 days or so I think it's the best performing stock on the market so it's been nice to see that one come back to life but uh, it's an interesting stock it's in the rare earth space it's got a massive uh, resource up in Malaysia and uh, demand for it, what it produces is very strong and Again, looks like it will be for a very long time. Mm. You know, anything, everything continues to run on batteries and yep. electricity and things like that. Uh, electric motors, I should say. Then uh, that's an interesting stock as well. That's, you know, it's come back a lot now. Um, I mean, it's, it's it's bounced back a lot now. It was it was under two dollars. It's now probably two thirty, two forty. Um, but once it resumes its uh, normal trend, you know, it's a stock with I think a pretty bright future. Mm. And just looking at some of the announcements to do with the Malaysia um, situation, it sounds like they are a company that's doing things right. You know, they're not cutting corners. So they, they, they look like a pretty hard company to actually find any fault with in terms of the way they're operating the mine there. So, um, which, you know, is, is, is a good thing as well. It's reassuring that they're, they're doing things properly. So interesting stock. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's a, it's got a great tailwind in terms of the, you know, the produce, um, mm. you know, its product and, mm. and potential applications and so forth. Um, but I held that stock probably three or four years ago and it was having yeah. the same debate then. That's, you know, yeah. it, so it's, it's interesting to hear that that's, that's persistent. It's come back on, the, yeah, it yeah. must have been when they changed governments back then, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's an annoying thing. And it was the exact that, same campaign. It was uh, Stop Liner, Save well, Malaysia, correct. the other way around, something yes. like that. But yes, yeah. well, there is, a, there is this lobby um, group there that are well-known, that are very emotive in the way, you know, there's not a lot of substance to what they're doing, but for some reason they've got a voice there that every, you know, change of government, they seem to to, to get reinvigorated, I suppose. Mm. Um but again, it looks like they've defeated them this time around. So, is it a buy now? Do you think? Look, uh, it's definitely a hold. 
uh, it's definitely not a sell. Is it a buy? I'd probably have to do more work on it um, to, to come to that conclusion. But uh, I imagine it is simply because because when it was this share price previously, I was looking to buy more and I didn't and then it dropped. Um, so yeah, I haven't done some up-to-date up kind of uh, research on them lately, so I won't, I'll hold off putting a buy on them, but they're definitely a hold for me. Yeah, nice. Hmm. What about you, Laith? What are you, anything else? Any other stock ideas you have at the moment? Uh, it doesn't I, have to be the ASX, of course. Obviously, you're much more flamboyant and you're investing than I am. So, well, I th I like Facebook. We might not go there today, but uh, I think yeah. uh, I think Facebook is is well oversold. So, uh, how much has that come back? That has come back from around two twenty to one thirty eight. I think. Oh, okay. Come back a long that's way. a lot. Okay. Uh, some of that's justified. Some of it's not. Yes, yeah. there's, there's a lot of uh, concern about regulation over there, mm -hmm. social media. Mm -hmm. uh, still a brilliant company, still, you know, producing cash like anything. Mm -hmm. Has some great assets. Uh, uh, I think, I think it's going to be, again, prediction wise. I think it's double that in in two years. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's got a lot of growth still ahead of it, and barring anything major, I think it's it's going to bounce back pretty strong. I heard a very weird thing yesterday about Twitter. Apparently, Twitter made an announcement that they were considering removing the like button. I saw that. Yeah, that could have to be. That'd have to be good for Facebook. You'd think. Wouldn't it? <laughs> well, I think what they're trying to do, I, I guess, I, I didn't look into it too far, but is to prevent people just clicking like and actually posting a comment. Is right. it, is that their thinking? I don't know what right. their thinking is, but um, it seems a pretty uh, radical move. Yeah. Which. Uh, you know, I don't know. You make radical moves like that. Is it because, you know, you need to make radical moves or, you know, are things not going so great? Yeah, well, I, I've said this to you before, but uh, advertising on Twitter is, is not a good experience as a business, I don't yeah, think. Right. Uh, on Facebook, it's a sensational experience. It's, yeah. it's, it's the best place for a small mm -hmm. business to advertise. You get yeah. the best targeting. Mm -hmm. You get the best bang for your buck. Mm -hmm. It's transparent. It's easy. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's what it's got going for it, and so it, it, and yeah. it, not only that, it, then you can from the from the one platform you can reach across Instagram, you mm. can now reach into Messenger, you can mm. reach into WhatsApp. Mm. I think that its advertising bundle mm. is is the best place for small business to market anywhere, yeah. and so that that to me is a huge yeah absolutely huge catalyst for it. Mm. They they can they have pricing power there. They can easily tweak those dials to get you know the numbers that they need to get. So yeah, yeah. I I think there's there's a lot. A lot in its favor there. A lot to like about Facebook. I think one thing Facebook should do is, as a company, is is rename itself under an umbrella because I think a lot of the negativity mm. about the Facebook stock price, and this might sound a little bit trivial, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. it's true. Yeah. A lot of the negativity is about the core product of Facebook. Sure. But and it, there's so much more than that. There's so days. much more to it. Yeah, there's yeah. so much more to it. I mean, really, if you're an investor, you're getting behind Instagram. Yeah. For me, that's yeah. that's where a lot of the growth is. It's, yeah, yeah. It's the user growth, but it's also the ability to to buy products from Instagram where a lot of, you know, the whole premise of the service is really mm. showing off in a way. And, and mm -hmm. there's so many um, cross promotions going on there with clothing brands, with, you know, various products that people are advertising. Mm -hmm. I think there's a huge, huge market there to potentially buy straight from Instagram and, and, yeah. uh, and, and take a clip on those things. A girl that works for me, she was at home the other day and she, wanted to sell off some stuff that she had and so she thought oh, I'll try Facebook marketplace and she she sends me a message you know she says oh wow I just sold I put three things on Facebook marketplace and they all sold straight away and I'm like oh really and she said yeah I had them on Gumtree and nothing was doing there and she goes I'm going to go around the house now and see what else I can find and sends me another message after lunch and says oh I've sold eight things now, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is something I have to look into, this Facebook marketplace. This is the thing. Marketplace is a huge opportunity for Facebook. And right. people underestimate it. But that that exact description has been echoed, or, mm. you know, is, is being echoed all around the world because Facebook has so much data that they can target that straight to the people who might be interested in it. Gotcha. And, and being a new initiative for them, they're, they're obviously funneling a lot of money into making sure that that's, that mm -hmm. when people put something online they actually sell it yeah so 
if you can get people to start thinking about that as a as an alternative to something mm. like Gumtree, yeah, that that's a real that's a serious challenge. Well, it starts off as a replacement for Gumtree, and then it becomes a replacement potentially for eBay or well, the thing is, know, something you a go, lot bigger. Gumtree, you, you don't know what you want until it's there, right? Like mm. so, Gumtree, you would have to you're not going to get targeted information to you, right? But yeah. you might go on there and go, oh, hey, I need a phone. And you type in phone and you see what comes up. Yeah. But if you're on Facebook, it, it knows, yeah. it, it's got your location. Yeah. It, it knows that you're in that vicinity. Yeah. You know, it may know from various other things that you might need a new phone or you might be interested in some product sure. and so forth. Yeah. The, I mean, the scope of it is just yeah. staggering what they can yeah. do. And scary. It's scary as well. But <laughs> but if you, if you, you know, if you put aside the privacy aspect of yeah. it, which, yeah. you know, yeah. well, that's it's important. But, issue, yeah. yeah. But if you just look at what it's capable of, it's immense. And so this is actually putting a lot of pressure on the car sales price as well, mm. which is bringing it back to the ASX is an interesting thing to talk about because mm. car sales has gone off a cliff recently. It has, yes. And I it's come that. down to a, you know, a far more attractive price for a company that's been growing very quickly over the last few years yeah. and has a lot of different markets that it's operating across. Yeah. But I think a lot of that is, is the encroachment of Facebook into this right. area because they're now, they've now got a, a mechanism for selling for selling cars and vehicles right but i think okay. they're actually partnering with them i read something interesting okay. where they're trying to bring the platform inside of facebook oh. of a few different car providers okay well that could be good for car sales it, it could be it could be but i i guess you you know long term you think who you know where what does that mean mm. for their you know for their business long term but, yeah yeah but i think it's car sales is at a very interesting price at the moment i okay. think it potentially Given the growth that it's had, it's shown that it can be well managed. It's shown okay. that they've they've been able to, you know, I think acquire reasonably well. Mm-hmm. So it's one that I'm on the fence on. Okay. Uh, flowing on from Facebook because I'm so yeah know, so positive about Facebook, it makes me somewhat concerned about car sales. But I, I still like it as a business. Okay. So that could be an interesting one. Okay. So you said, you know, we'll make this the last one for today. Sure. You mentioned that you like, well, you used to like the health, the health space. Yes. The healthcare yeah. space. Uh, so obviously it's an area that you know quite well. Uh, I noticed that a lot of the aged care stocks have come under a lot of pressure because of the announcement that there's going to be an inquiry into them. Do you have any views on any of those stocks? I mean, some of them look phenomenally cheap. Are they going to get screwed by the government or are they actually... You think any of them have got any potential to, to, to you know, are they oversold yeah, even like yeah. in the shorter well, term? Is there a short term opportunity there forgetting about the, mm. the medium term? Do you, do you follow any of those stocks? I haven't followed them closely, to be honest. Okay. So as much as I've, you know, keep an eye on the healthcare space, it's been more in the uh, other sectors outside of aged care. So yeah. uh, I'm interested in aged care though. And I, I think that, there's probably opportunities to be had there. For me, at the moment, the the fact that it's going to have this hanging over its head for mm. probably eighteen months means that it's it's mm. essentially a no go. Mm. I, I think that you're going to have the prices artificially depressed until mm. we get to a, a resolution. So yeah. So for me, the fact that they're very cheap, I think, could be a good long term play. Mm. I think for the next eighteen months, it's probably not going to help you very much. Yeah. So that's the kind of way I'm thinking about it. I, I just I think. I'd be I'd be far more interested if if I felt that there was a resolution or some kind of you know, yeah yeah certainty around the corner. But no, just, I don't know the experience overhang. of the you know the the banking royal commission for example. Yeah. You, you know everyone saw what happened there and it, it was just mm. you know, downward pressure for a long time and justifiably so. Yeah. But until you break out of it, you're probably not going to get no. the, you know you're not going to go against the herd or you're not going to get the result that you Yeah, that you and, want. I spe- and again, especially with something like aged care, it's going to be a lot more emotive, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. You look at the specials that they had on Four Corners and so yeah. forth that, that sort of brought this up, but yeah. that's going to be in the news every second day, that mm. kind of thing, once we're in the yeah. swing of it. Yeah. And you're going to hear the most horrific things, Yeah. Uh, which, again, I think I think it will be it will be overblown. They mm. will be oversold. I just mm. don't think that the catalyst for them to turn around from that is here yet. Anytime so soon, that, yeah. that's the thing. You've, you've got to have something on the horizon. But yeah, yeah. Um, I've spent some time working in aged care. I think on, on the whole, we do a really good job of it. And mm. there's, you know, there's a lot of great things about it. But mm. we're going you know, to hear a lot of bad things. And mm. it's going to be pretty messy, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
But I think, you know, we, if we talk about that in 12 months, it's probably going to be a far more Well, it's definitely one to keep a, yeah. you know, keep an eye on because they're obviously at massively depressed prices. So, you know, there will be opportunities, no doubt, in there at some point. Yeah, and I mean, I'd have, to look opportunities. At, I'd have to look at how far as well they are. I mean, I haven't really gone yeah. deep into the numbers. Do, I mean, yeah. do you think that they're, you know, there's... there's I something... don't know. There's just a few stocks that I know that have just come up on my watch list yeah. that are just measuring really, really cheap yeah. in terms of, um, you know, just simple value valuation sort of measures so um that's 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 the extent of it really yeah um, i used to own shares in sda health mm. long not long time ago but probably a couple of years ago or something and you know i think you know i died of boredom with them i sold them and they didn't do much you know the idea of them sounded good and um you know it's obviously a, a great thematic and again at the time they were cheap but they didn't do anything so um yeah, but they they you know they're just coming up on my radar as being oversold. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I think when yeah. if you're getting towards the end of that process and then you've got that tailwind and thematic behind you, then potentially there is a really good story there. But yeah, but wait a while. I think there was a stock I wanted to buy today, if it dropped or if it even stayed at the same price. This is a totally different subject now, but it just popped into my head. And that's A2 milk. Yeah. And the reason is, you know, it's a stupid reason probably, but whenever I go to the supermarket across the road from where I live, there's never any A2 milk on the shelf. Yeah. I mean, that section always gets decimated anyway, every day, every single day. But it's always A2 milk. There's not one on the shelf. Yeah. So I thought, oh, you know, and at the time it just sort of played on my mind, but I don't go to other supermarkets, you know, they're not my favorite place to hang out. But I happened to go to a new supermarket at uh, Kirawi, that new big development at Kirawi, South Village. Brand new coals, whopping big coals. Go and check out their section, nice big baby formula section. Well stocked, no A2 milk. Yeah. So um, just based on that little anecdote, there's obviously extremely strong demand for their product. Absolutely. But... You, you know this controversy about them, you know, it's being bought and then, you know, being put on Alibaba and, yeah. and sent back across. It's sort of, they've, I think they've capped the number of, uh, yeah, they've you know, capped the how many that you can buy. You can buy. Yeah. But it's, it's well and truly capped when there's none on the shelf. Well, that, that's right. <laughs> you yeah. know, so. Yeah. Oh, I think it's a good, you know, it's, it's a good thing to look at, isn't it? I think something that happened in that stock recently is the CEO sold all of her shares. Okay. I didn't know that. And that, that was fairly recent. And so I think that's, Okay. Adding some tangled pressure. Did she never announce a good why she did that? I haven't that? looked into it. That's I odd. into it, but I, I know that okay. it happened. Okay. Um, See, technically, they're a very um, good stock to look at as well because they have... You know, you find some stocks that just really have a rhythm to them. And A2 Milk has always been a stock that seems to have moved in 50 cent increments. Um, so, you know, it's been sitting around 9.50 recently, 9.60, whatever. So that's why today I thought, you know, I'm sick of looking at these empty shelves and thinking to myself, what a good opportunity. I'm just going to buy some. You know, I know a bit about the stock as well, you know, and uh, not a lot, but I, I figure they're a good stock. They've come back. But also just, I know technically they're always a stock that's always caught my eye because they do behave in, you know, quite a predictable way um, with these 50 50 cent increments you know so if you if you expect a little bounce in the market there's an easy opportunity potentially to you know pick some up 950 offload them at 1050 you know and just play that little game which also you know which always is, is nice just to you know when you can do that in a space of a couple of weeks or something like that why not yeah yeah absolutely so that's that's all i know about a2 milk no stock and always a very nice chart yeah, Blackmores is a bit like that as well, actually. Mm. Blackmores was always gone, uh, I think, in twenty dollar increments. So at the moment they're one twenty nine, I think. So one twenty is a is a very strong level of support for them. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they ping back up to one forty quite quickly. But obviously they're in the middle at the moment, so that's it's not ideal. Mm. Um, yeah, it ties into one of my other favourites, which is Bellamy's. Yes, well, we both hold Bellamy's. Um, you sold it to one, me pretty well one day on the phone there, one, so I thought, okay. One of us more reluctantly than the other. Yeah, one of us more reluctantly than the other, so. 
Yes. Yeah, I, I think right now it's uh, I think there's some there's strong upside and there's limited downside is is the way I look at it. I think if you if you they always have involved. stock of it in coals, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is concerning, isn't it? But maybe their su- supply chain superior. You know, I don't know. And the other thing about Bellamy is I don't know how much money they make out of their little um, their little squeezy packs, yep. but for a long time they were pretty much. They own that kind of mm. um, sector, and I have noticed that there's loads of other options now as well that'll be eaten into their market share. But um, but you know, I imagine it's all about the baby formula for them. Yeah, I, I just think there's a short term, uh, short term, medium term sort of catalyst for yeah. it. So I hope it happens. Whether it happens short term, yeah, and I hope it happens swiftly because I think yeah, if I get a nice bounce, I'll be happy to step off the Bellamy's bus. Yeah. And onto the A two milk bus. Yeah, no, that's fair. But we'll uh, we'll see. I'm not hating Bellamy's. It's okay. Um, you know, I I understand the catalyst. I understand what looks good about them. So you know, they've come back from over twenty dollars a share. Now they're what eight dollars a share. So there's, yeah, there's, even there's, less I think. Yeah. yeah, so they're um, they're a lot lot cheaper than they were. It's always to do with you know, concerns around what's going to happen with. China, not so much China, but just even just getting these products into these countries, you mm. know, into China and, and how it's getting there, you know, not only if they get licenses to sell the products legitimately there, but also um, around just, you know, regulation from China's perspective of mm. people that are, you know, buying it here and selling it on these platforms over there because, you know, you'd have to think that China's looking at that and think, well, hang on, we're missing out on a bit of potential revenue here. Um, but at the same time, you know, those businesses, those platforms, you know, it's, it's good for business if they're all doing good trade. So you don't want to step in and regulate too much and, 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 and kill the golden goose either. Absolutely, so, yeah. um, it's a tricky one. Yeah, definitely. But definitely a lot more appealing at, uh, $8 than at well, $20. Well, that's the thing. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the company at $15, mm, right? No. I'm a fan of the company here at, yeah. at, at $7 because sure. it's, it's. Is not pricing in much upside there. I think. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's a reasonable price to pay for a, for a business that's done pretty well. But it's yeah. not. It's not pricing in the astronomical growth runway of of China now. Yeah. It yeah. was before. Yeah. So you're kind of getting that for free in a way. Yeah. Uh, maybe not for free, but I think the downside is you know there might be a twenty percent downside from here, but there's not. It can't be much further than that. Yeah. I think. And I think with Bellamy's, you know, compared to A two milk, because A two milk is a bit of a the golden child. You know, hasn't done anything wrong yet. You know, whereas Bellamy's has got a history of upsetting the market. And, yeah. You know, and obviously that's all been fixed and cleared, and those people aren't there anymore and whatnot. So, but that still, you know, sits in the memory of a stock. Yeah, which uh, which is our you know to our advantage hopefully that we are uh, we're sitting in there at a price that's um you know a lot cheaper than it should be trading at at the moment. Yeah, it's like I say, I don't love the company, you know, or it's you know everything about it. I just think it has a particular you know yeah. setting and time frame here where if you go well, I'm going to buy it here and twelve months, I hope that they've got this approval and that they've you know, had had some kind of upshot in sales on the back of that and do yeah. exit. I think there's you know. You potentially get fifty percent from that, so yeah. We'll see. All right, <laughs> something to think about. All right, anything else you want to share today, Leif? No, I just want to confirm that it's not financial advice. Yeah, it's definitely not financial <laughs> advice. Not coming from us. I've got holes in my shoes. So uh, don't not, listen. Not to recommended. Me. Not recommended. None of what we said recommended. Go do your own homework. <laughs> do the opposite. Do the opposite. There you go. That's it. All right. Thank you. We'll see you next time.